Yeah, that wasn't my decision, but I understand the thinking above two minutes with uh, all of our timeouts, but yeah, that wasn't my decision. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 28 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In this episode, I'm going to discuss Championship Sunday and what my thoughts on the upcoming Super Bowl are. Um, I'm just going to start by saying this episode will feature a lot of... Oh, man. Hey, 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 Because... We get to see Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, or whatever the fuck his full name is, in yet another Super Bowl, and my problem is not the fact that he is there. Like, okay, cool. He's there. Like, Brady's a great. You're not going to get an argument from me. He's an all-time great quarterback. Do I think he's the best quarterback of all time? No. He's clearly the most accomplished. So I, I, I'm not shitting on the. I'm not one of those who calls him a system quarterback or thinks he's average or one of them goofies. I, I'm not that. But watching him throw three interceptions and play like complete dog shit for the most part, minus basically two heaves, just grinds my gears because nobody gets the luck that Tom Brady gets. Like nobody and. Yes, watching it, if this unfolded anywhere else but Boston for the last 20 years, I probably would not care that much. Like, Tom Brady is spectacularly unlikable on on his own merit for a lot of reasons that I'm not going to get into, but just him and Boston made it insufferable for, for two entire decades. And it's just like, if it ain't on the field breaks and luck and shit, then it's, you know, coaching meltdowns or... It, it's just they they get to halftime or they're they're about to get to halftime. It's fourteen to ten. It's third and whatever six fourth fourth down. I forget the down the distance right now. It's four. I mean, I, it was fourth down, and whatever whatever the, the the distance was to get, and they're at the thirty yard line or whatever it is, and for some god god forsaken reason, I have no idea why. They decided to leave Kevin King one-on-one with Scotty Miller. Quite frankly, they could have left him one-on-one with Reggie Miller. It wouldn't have mattered. He was going to get smoked. He was getting smoked the entire game. But basically, the, the Packers deep the Packers DBs is just one guy who can cover and can cover his ass off. And Jair Alexander and a whole bunch of dudes who can't cover. And it showed over and over and over in this football game, which makes it even more annoying that I'm going to have to hear about Brady all fucking week because he played poorly against... A, quite frankly, a poor defense, a poorly put together defense with a defensive coordinator who 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 turtles up and calls and calls wildly conservative games at you know at the worst times. Like uh, Mike Pettin, you know, uh, Mike Pettin of original Jets fame from a decade ago. I know about his um, scared to lose game plans, which, funny enough, always lead to losing. But like it. And I mean, a lot of my problem with how Brady is covered is just the general, the the general discussion around quarterbacks generally. Quarterbacks are wildly important. I understand that the most important position in the sport, one of the most important positions in American sports, no question. They are not the only person on the field. They're not. Some sometimes the quarterback plays poorly, and you still win because it's a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. We always say this about the NFL. 
but yet the coverage is, oh, the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. Like, we don't have to pretend that Tom Brady played well yesterday because his team won. The, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stepped up, and granted, Rodgers played a very good game, and that's another part of this, where, you know, Brady's better than Rodgers, Rodgers a loser, and it's like Rodgers clearly outplayed the guy. They lost. I mean, the the critical point of the game was the the interception that Rodgers threw before half, where where, um, where the DB basically ripped Alan Lazard's jersey off, and they were like, no, no, we don't see nothing. Um, and then the touchdown pass right after that, like that was basically the key point of the game. But we don't have to pretend the quarterback played well because his team won. And that applies to Brady the last two weeks. Brady was bad against the Saints. They won. Brady was bad against the Packers. They won. The, the Buccaneers' defense is the reason they are here. Weak. It's okay to act like it. It's okay to act like it. The Buccaneers' defense is no joke. They're legit. We can't even say the whole, well, Brady took care of the ball. I mean, he turned the ball over three times, and he's still won. Like, well, just, it's okay to just say, look. So sometimes, hey man, sometimes Ty Brady gets the luck of the fucking draw. He does. He fucking does. And to me, it's more than any athlete I can remember. And I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan. Like, I saw a ton of breaks back in the 90s, but that's more of a collective than one dude. Like, t- just the, the, the Lee Evans, Billy Cundiff meltdown of 2011. The Marlon McCree interception, then fumble, 2006. Just... I mean the 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 Falcons inexplicably getting a Julio Jones catch at like the twenty five, and then somehow going backwards for three consecutive plays. Not to mention the entire second half meltdown. But that's Falcons going Falcon type of stuff. Okay, whatever. Just just you know, like last week they had what three touchdown drives that went for a total of like forty two yards. You know today they had you know you know the. I don't know what the fuck the pack, the Packers were doing at the end of the half. No idea. Just, I mean, the pick happened on a holding. It just it, it never stops. Like, is this salt and is this hate? Oh yeah, I I I own that shit. I don't like Tom Brady. I I'll own that shit. Am I that mad that he's in the in the NFC title game? No, because he ain't playing for the Patriots no more. This would be even more unbearable if it was the Patriots. But while we do act like quarterback is important. And we act like quarterbacks do everything. We don't do it. We don't do it quite to the level we do it with Todd Brady. We act like Todd Brady is the reason that everything goes down the way it goes down. Like I, I guess them them holding the Packers to twenty three points despite three turnovers was all Tom Brady's. Doing. It was just Tom Brady's greatness just willed the defense to essentially bend but not break. I, I guess that's that that that's all it was. I, I they're the reason the Tom Brady's greatness is the reason Mike Pitton called a stupid ass play to end the first half. I guess Tom Brady's greatness is the reason that Devontae Adams dropped a touchdown pass he catches in his, he's caught in his sleep all year. Tom Brady's greatness is also the reason that Equinemius is that his name Saint Brown dropped a two point conversion. Tom Brady is also the reason that Matt Lafleur decided to um, kick that field goal down by eight with two minutes left. Um instead of actually going for it when you're going to need a touchdown any fucking way no matter how you slice it it's just it's all around goofy stuff and it's just it's year after year oh yeah i forgot to mention marshall lynch not gave the ball in the two-yard line or the one-yard line whatever in the super bowl it's just it's just non-stop but to to um 
to to get away from Brady for a minute. Um, speaking of Matt Lafleur and his decision down the stretch, I, I just I I don't uh, I don't understand what he was doing. So the Packers have fourth and goal on the eight yard line. They are down by eight points. There's two minutes and like fifteen seconds left. Like some a little bit more than two minutes left. You're going to need a touchdown no matter how you slice this. Period. You're going to need a touchdown to either win this football game or tie this football game. It, it, you, you are running the risk if you kick that field goal that if Tom Brady gets the ball back and they get a couple of first downs, you are done. And that risk remains the same even if you go for it and you missed. Like you're, 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 you, are, you, you are incurring the same exact risk that Tom Brady gets the ball back and you don't see it again. So why would you not try and score a touchdown? But also, this idea that Rodgers could have scored on a play before is ridiculous. But don't get me wrong. The three, four yards that he could have gotten could have helped on fourth down if they chose to go for it. But there's no way. Like, go look at that play again and go look at the people who were in front of him. Unless he's going to do a John Elway and helicopter his way into the end zone, there's no way that he would score it. But off that, so Matt LaFleur decided that kicking a field goal kicking it off, then stopping Tampa and getting the ball with no timeouts and then scoring a touchdown was more likely than getting 10 yards on two plays. I mean, that, that, that's, what, that's what he's telling me. But yes, four from goal on the eight-yard line, uh, the chances aren't great. I understand that. I will take my chances with that as opposed to kicking the ball back to Tom Brady and then getting it back. You have the ball on the 8-yard line. You have Aaron Rodgers at the controls. Tampa Bay's defense is no joke. Okay, cool. Hence why you probably shouldn't bank on getting the ball back with, you know, a minute 20 left or a minute 15 left or whatever with no timeouts with, like, 65, 70 yards to go or whatever and getting a touchdown out of it. Like, you have the ball at the 8-yard line. You have 8 yards to get. Go get them. Or go try to get them at least. And then if you don't, you're pretty much in the same spot. Then you just got to go do it all over again. And if and if the Bozo wide receiver on the Packers doesn't drop that two point conversion, who who knows how differently everything goes? But just a general note on on the coaches, and I'm, I will speak on that a little bit more when I talk about the Bills and Chiefs right after this. But and it's been a common theme this playoffs, and maybe it's just because I'm I I notice it more now because I'm. I'm way more anti-field goal and pro-fourth down than I've ever been. I've always been pro-fourth down, but I, I feel like the the amount of scaredy-cat coaching from coaches this year is just more noticeable. Or maybe that's just because I'm home and I'm just watching Red Zone or watching whatever, and I notice it. And I'm not at bars, you know, just watching and drinking and, and just just drinking and vibes basically <laughs> like i'm not at bars no more it's just drinking and vibes like no i'm at home i'm watching this shit and i'm paying attention more so and i notice all of this shit like i've always been anti field goal or whatever but like i've been louder about it this year and i feel like it's happened more i might be wrong i'm probably i probably am wrong quite frankly because there have been a lot of fourth down attempts cool but and maybe i just notice it more either way I just don't understand the thought process of I need a touchdown. I'm going to need a touchdown anyway. I'm on the eight yard line. I have arguably the most talented quarterback in league history, 
and I am going to kick a field goal and then rely on my defense, who, by the way, wasn't good all game long, <laughs> mind you. They were not good all game long. Make no mistake. Tom Brady made a whole bunch of mistakes that were about him more, more than the defense, like overthrowing a six foot five dude, for example. Like Mike Evans had a killer drop. Just your defense isn't particularly good. Your defense ain't the reason you were there, and your defense wasn't the reason you were in that football game, quite frankly, because they no-showed the entire first half. And then on top of that, the, the debacle to end the first half. Like you, you have a chance to get eight yards and, and, and then another two for the two-point conversion. So you 10 yards to tie the game on two plays, basically. Five yards a play. And you decided that kicking the field goal, kicking it off, stopping Tampa, getting the ball back with zero timeouts, and then going and scoring a touchdown with like a minute or so left was more was a more manageable thing for you to do. Why? It's like we we as a collective have spent the last week making fun of Dan Campbell's introductory press conference with the Lions, where he he's talking all kind of he's talking all kind of crazy about biting kneecaps and this that and the fucking third. We're gonna kick you in the teeth. All right, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up, and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. They, they, they talk all this shit. Like, listen to him. <laughs> they talk all this crazy shit about, you know, we're going to bite kneecaps off, and, you know, we're going to take them back into a dark alley, and... And we're going to punch him in the mouth and all kind of shit. And then, yo, you see a fourth down. You see the number four on the marker to represent fourth down. And every coach in the league becomes the most scared pussycat on earth. It's a, not every coach, to be fair, but a lot of them. After preaching, you know, physical and man-to-man and knock them off the ball and we're going to establish our dominance and all kinds of other hyper masculinity <laughs> and the minute fourth down comes everybody's like, oh no i don't know oh i don't know i don't know if i fourth and two i don't know i don't know if i want to do this i don't know if i want to do this do i really want to do this so I, I i i don't understand that but to then now segue into the bills and chiefs game speaking of conservatism and scaredy cat play calling um the, the 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 Bills have what the fourth best offense by DVOA this year, right? So they were a top five offense. The Chiefs were number one. Um, the, you're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes with field goals. We've established this over and over and over and over again, dude. I I, I believe in the Chiefs like last twenty six meaningful games, the they've lost one of them. So some ridiculous stat like twenty six, twenty eight, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but they've lost one of those games. You are not going to beat Patrick Mahomes with field goals. Period. We've established this, right? I, I knew that this football game was going to go poorly for the Buffalo Bills when they did, when they decided to kick on fourth and three from fifty-one yards out. I was like, "What?" I mean, first of all, fifty-one yards is a difficult kick to make anyway, right? And then you're you're kicking a field goal on fourth and three. We could. I'll get more into Josh Allen and how bad he was today a little bit later. But given what he has been for the Bills all year, a legitimate MVP candidate, like obviously after the Rodgers Mahomes tier, like he should finish third. And given how good the Bills offense was, and given who you're playing against, you are not going to win with field goals. Alex Smith is not walking through that door. 
you're not going to win with fucking field goals. Grow a pair and go for that shit. Like, I'm not saying to go for every single fourth down. I'm not that extreme with it. Like, if it's fourth and ten from the 34 and you want to kick, fine. I understand that. Your odds are significantly lower of, of converting a fourth and ten than it is converting a fourth and three. But fourth and three... And and they went on fourth and one from midfield right before that. So I, I I don't understand what the rhyme or reason was that we could go for fourth and one from midfield and then not go for fourth and three from the thirty-four. That 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 math doesn't add up to me. But I knew what it was once I saw that because it felt like the start of a game plan where it's just okay, we're cool as long as we don't lose by fifty. You know what I mean? Like they gave the they, they gave the Chiefs a little bit too much respect, right? Like they gave them a little bit too much respect. Yes, they were underdogs. Yes, the Chiefs are clearly better than the Bills, even though ESPN was talking crazy this morning talking about um, you know, Allen and Diggs both have the advantage over Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, which is ridiculous. No offense to Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs, but absolutely absurd. Um, but I mean. You are just... You, they gave them too much respect. You're kicking from on 4th and 3 from the 34. Why? Why Why are you doing this? Like, are, are, you, are you just conceding the fact that they're better? You're like, you know, we got to take the points. You know, you know, we really don't want them to just, you know, run roughshod all over us. Is that, is that what the thinking is? I don't understand. Then, then you get to the point where it's the end of the first half. It's 21 to 9. And it's fourth and goal at the two, I believe. And they kick a field goal. And it, and it's like, you guys did the good thing. Y'all ran the clock all the way out so Patrick Mahomes would not see the ball again. Especially considering that um, the Chiefs were getting the ball to begin the third quarter. But what 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 did getting what did going down twenty one going into half down twenty one to twelve do for you? That going into half potentially down twenty one to nine didn't. You're still down two scores. Mahomes is still getting the ball to begin the second half. I mean, you you get a touchdown. Like, the upside just outweighs the risk. That's it. I mean, the upside outweighs the risk. The upside of that is you go down, you go into half down 21-16 you know, or 21-17 if they decide to go for two or whatever. Whatever they chose to do, to, uh, chose to do with that extra point. Then you're down 21-15. You're down by a score going into half. That's the upside. And again, you ain't beat... Tyler Bass was never going to be the MVP of this football game, bro. This is not the Alex Smith Chiefs, where you could win playoff games in Arrowheads, kicking nothing but field goals. This ain't that. Dude, them days is dead, Chief. No pun intended. Them days is done. Like, you ain't winning games like that in Arrowhead. Or anywhere. You ain't, you ain't beating them any on Mars. Kicking nothing but field goals, bro. That that's just not it. Unless you're the Tom Brady Buccaneers, maybe Tom Brady got that kind of love too, where where they can kick seven field goals and win twenty one eighteen on some nonsense, maybe. But back back to the point, I, I don't. The Bills coach like they were the um, Sean McDermott coached that game like he was just happy to be here. Like the defensive game plan was entirely too soft. Like yes, Tyreek Hill is a menace to society. I understand that. Travis Kelsey is a menace to society. Menace to defensive backs. Menace to linebackers. Menace to everybody. Keeps defensive coordinators up late at night. Whatever other mantras and cliches you can come up with. Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill represent 
all of that. I understand that, right? And I totally understand why you would want to do the whole bend but don't break, you know, let, you know, concede, but don't let them go, don't let them run up and down and, and score 75 yard touchdowns. I can understand that to an extent. They, they, they ran that plan in week six and it worked to a degree. Like the Chiefs were not their explosive selves. Now, it should be mentioned the fact that it was rainy and windy that day, I believe. That should be mentioned. And the Chiefs ran the ball a ton accordingly. You you th- you think that running a similar game plan and basically not putting a hand on Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage, it might not have mattered. Mind you, Travis Kelsey is arguably the best tight end of all time. It might not have mattered. Chucking him at the line of scrimmage might not have mattered. Jamming him might not have mattered. Hell, hitting him with a crowbar at the line of scrimmage might not have fucking mattered. But you got to try something. Like, they just, they, they gave them free release of the entire game. They kind of just, okay, we're content if you score in, you know, 10 plays instead of two. And the Chiefs still scored 38 points. So what are we doing here? Am I saying that you should go out there and, and, and beat Greg Williams? No. But, I mean, if you give them the same look, like, like they blitzed, I want to say, two times in the first half. Like, it can't be that. And I understand that blitzing Patrick Mahomes can be a death, a death sentence. I understand that. I, there's no easy solution here. I'm just, I'm just a guy talking, bro. There's no easy solution here. I know what Patrick Mahomes can do, and I know what Tyreek Hill can do, and I know what Andy Reid can do as far as the play calling goes. I know what Travis Kelsey can do. I know what all of those guys could do. I get it. But this bend but don't break vanilla bullshit is not it. I don't know if you have to upgrade your defense because, let's face it, you're the Bills. The Bills showed us a lot this year. They did. Like They took a leap into, into the league's elite. Or... Or borderline elite, if you want to put the Chiefs in a different tier than everybody else, I wouldn't blame you, right? But the bottom line is they're going to need to beat those dudes. Period. So I don't know if you need to upgrade your defensive personnel, upgrade your coordinator, upgrade something. Or maybe go into next year and coach not to and coach to win the game as opposed to coaching not to lose. Maybe that's what you need to do. Like, Coach uh, Sean McDermott coached like he had Tyler Bass on his FanDuel team. That's how he coached. Like, Tyler Bass was never going to win you that football game, bro. Ever. Ever. He was never going to win you that fucking football game. So, yeah, once they, they, they kicked on fourth and three from the 34-yard line, I was like, yeah, I kind of know it. I kind of know what this is going to end up being. And, quite frankly, Patrick Mahomes and them, to actually spend some time on them as opposed to bashing Sean McDermott for the next 15 minutes, Patrick Mahomes and them, they, I, I, they are one of those offenses that I feel like they are stopped when they, when, when you, when they don't feel like having you stop them, you're just not going to stop them. Like you might hold them to three points occasionally. You might, you might the occasional, you might get the occasional three and out on a drop or whatever. But for the most part, when you decide, yo, we're not going to be stopped, they're not going to be stopped. And look, Patrick Mahomes been in the league. For Four years. Four years. He started for three years, right? He won, he won the Super Bowl last year. He's in the Super Bowl again this year. And if D. Ford had not lined up offsides, who the hell knows if, like, they get to the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, another example of shining Brady Luck. Brady throws a game-ending interception, and D. Ford is offsides because, of course, right? Just the greatness of time. But anyway, um, they, they made the AFC title game and lost. Then, you know, Super Bowl win. And then now a Super Bowl appearance. 
if D4 doesn't line up offsides, we might be talking about a Mahomes three-peat, assuming the Chiefs get the job done in Tampa Bay in two weeks. D4 is the only person I've seen defeat Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. The only one. And until that changes, like I'm never going to pick against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs versus Tom Brady's four-leaf clover, Tom Brady and his four-leaf clover is one hell of a matchup. Something has to give, right? Because like what what's gonna happen? Is is Travis Kelsey gonna get is, is Travis Kelsey gonna get hurt grocery shopping before the game? Like the week before the game? Somebody gonna get abducted by aliens? Like, like I, I know something's right around the corner. Just, just just let me know what it is. I, I feel like I'm waiting for the for, for, for the season premiere of my favorite TV show. I feel like that's what's gonna happen. Something is gonna happen with, with uh the Chiefs. But like the 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 Chiefs are a machine. They just do whatever the hell they want. They take whatever the hell they want. If you if you if you want them to go drive for twelve plays, they'll do it. They'll, and they'll give you a few to spare. They'll give you eight plays instead. Like they they want to go score eighty yards on one play, they'll do that. Like they they are unbelievable. And Tyree Kill to me, they have to me they have the best wide receiver in football, and they got the best tight end in football, and they got the best quarterback in football. Like if you want to argue that Devontae Adams is better than Tyree Kill, I'm not going to argue with you. Like, that's one of those, it's a kind of a preference thing, but look, Tyreek Hill is the Steph Curry of the NFL, as far as just purely ability and pure, and what and, and what his unique skill set means for the kind of offense, but for the kind of um, offense that, that Andy Reid can run and what Patrick Mahomes can do, he just, are there other guys who have, I guess, more skills than him, as in, like, quantity rather than quality? I guess, sure, fine. Other guys are better route runners. Other guys, I guess, go over the middle better or whatever the fuck you want to say about Tyreek Hill. But Tyreek is the single most dangerous weapon in the NFL. He he also is very good at, at making contested catches. His body control is insane. To me, he's the best receiver in football. Travis Kelsey's exploits speak for themselves. He runs routes like a, like a damn wide receiver. He's smart as hell. Like he see him and him and Mahomes have insane chemistry, and he, he he's upset. And if you had him in fantasy football this year, you you were living life. I know I was. Shit, he's incredible. Like the the Chiefs don't ever have to run the ball. And quite frankly, I do not understand why they spent a first round pick on a running back. But I guess that's a separate topic for a separate episode. Just the Chiefs are clearly, clearly the best team in the NFL. Clearly. Will they win? I don't know. Would I bet on them winning? Sure. I, I would not underestimate underestimate the power of the four-leaf clover with Tom Brady, but the Chiefs are just that good. And and I know you should not make team moves with one team in mind, but the Chiefs are that good, and they're not going anywhere. Like, obviously, things happen. You know, Mahomes could get hurt. Tyreek can get hurt. Things can happen. Andy, we can retire. Like, a lot of things can happen, right? So, is it a guarantee that Kansas City is going to be in the Super Bowl every year as long as um, Patrick Mahomes is there? No, of course not. Obviously, sure. I understand that, right? But you got to, the entire AFC runs through Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And every team in the AFC should react accordingly. Or every team in the AFC who who has big dreams of competing 
needs to react accordingly. I don't know what I don't know what the method is to stopping them. I really don't. I don't know what the method is to stopping them because you you can cover them really good for five seconds. Mahomes starts rolling out and spinning and and evading defenders, and the next thing you know, Tyreek kills sixty yards for a touchdown. I I don't know what the method is. I, I don't know what the method is. Blitzing them is a problem. You know, giving Mahomes all kind of time to do whatever the hell he wants is also a problem. Like if you try, if you if you provide extra resources to take Tyreek Hill away, Travis Kelsey's gonna eat you alive. You provide extra resources to take Travis Kelsey away, Tyreek Hill's gonna eat you alive. I I have no fucking idea what the solution is, and that's exactly why I'm some dude doing a podcast. And well, I mean, I'm gonna say that they're professionals, but the professionals are just as clueless as us, clearly, because they can't stop those motherfuckers at all. At all. So, it should be it, it should be a good one. It should be a good one. The Buccaneers defense is playing well. They're the reason they're there. And Patrick Mahomes, to me, is the best quarterback that I've ever watched. Yes, he's only been playing for three years. I don't, cool. Uh, he's the best quarterback I've, I've ever watched and is on a clear GOAT trajectory. To me, he the the three years um, the three year sample he has put forth is better than any quarterback's three year sample in the history of football. Bring any of them, Marino, Manning, I, and I understand how hard it is to compare quarterbacks from different eras, different rules, so on and so forth. But bring any quarterback you want to me, Mahomes has them all beat from just a purely three year sample perspective. He does. He's just that good. But. On to the other quarterback in that game, Josh Allen, and and like Josh Allen clearly improved, right? He and I mean I talked a, a lot of shit about Josh Allen. Like he he forced me to be to shut the fuck up this year. So you know, props to him. I like the guy. The person think he's a cool dude. You know, he, him and him and Josh Diggs. Well, oh, Josh Diggs. Wow. Um, him and Stephon Diggs' bromance is pretty cool. Da, 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 da. Like, I like Josh Allen. Please do not. My my gripe with Josh Allen was never actually about Josh Allen. It was about how invested a, a certain group of people. I'll let you do your own math on that one. Is 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 invested in his success to the point where they are just going to lie. No matter what actually happens, they're just going to fucking lie and twist and turn shit to their own benefit. That's always been my issue with him, among other things. I mean, I, I could talk all day about that, but Josh Allen has now played four playoff games. We had the near meltdown in Houston last year where he wasn't particularly good. He had a good, like I guess, first quarter and a half, and then he kind of, eh, eh, a, lot, a lot of bad decisions, a couple turnovers, an almost turnover. He wasn't particularly good that game, right? He was great against the Colts this year. Can't be disputed. He was bad against the Ravens, and he was bad against the Chiefs. Now, Lamar Jackson has played four playoff games. He played against the Titans twice, he played against the Bills, and he played against the Chargers. Lamar was indisputably awful in two of them. Can't, I cannot argue. He was awful against the Bills, he was awful against the Chargers. Cannot argue. It took him until like the third quarter to complete a pass against the Chargers. Or, or get a first down, or whatever, whatever ridiculous stat, stat it was. So I, I cannot argue with that at all. But notice, the Lamar playoff narrative has been loud and proud since last year, based on a game he did not even play poorly in against the Titans, that they lost, obviously. The narrative has been loud and proud. You know, is, is, is Lamar a different playoff quarterback? You know, can, can, they, can he cut it? Can they win with him? Can they do this? Can they do that? And 
and, and Josh Allen has played four playoff games and he's played like shit in three of them. And I bet you there's not going to be a referendum on can you win with this guy for the next hot, whatever year, two years, however long that they've been dragging out the Lamar shit. I bet you that there, there's no there's no referendum on that. And gee, I wonder fucking why. I wonder why the narrative would be a Josh Allen's favorite. It's almost like a lot of people are very invested in his success on a personal level. And Lamar and other people, not just Lamar, but I'm talking about Lamar specifically because they were drafted in the same class. And Lamar has had a better career to date. Period. Go look the numbers up and don't, don't argue with me. Lamar has had a better career than Josh Allen to, to date. Right? So I, I don't, it's funny to me. And mind you, please do not get it twisted. I, I, I done said a lot of words. Again, I done talked mad shit about Josh Allen. But this argument in, at, on January 24th at 11.49 p.m. when this is being recorded, this is not an anti-Josh Allen argument. If you know me at all, you know I like me some consistency. Do I don't think four four playoff games, and quite frankly, the fact that they're both in year three and have played four playoff games says enough about both of them. Because like Josh Allen's great year culminated in three playoff games. Uh, to me, he was he was he was bad last year, and he was carried by a, um, the, the the great Bills defense. I can't say that for him this year. He was great. He was their their indisputable most important player. Hats off to him. He had a great year. This is not me shitting on Josh Allen. Please do not get it twisted. I just want consistency because some of the stuff that Josh Allen has shown over the course of those playoff games makes you believe that you're looking at the same guy you were looking at in Wyoming, like holding the ball too long and taking 25 yard sacks and hitting DBs right in the numbers for no reason. Like a lot of that stuff. And, and like Lamar, at least I, as, as much as again, half of those playoff games, he was bad. Lamar is in dire need of a number one receiver dire fucking need, right? I can't say that for Josh Allen, at least not in this playoff run anyway. I can't say that for him. Like, do I think that four games is enough of a sample to draw any kind of conclusions on either player? No. Absolutely not. I, I am not trying to say that you can't win with Josh Allen. If Josh Allen continues to play like, to play like he did the majority of twenty of the 2019, uh, the 2020-2021 season, you absolutely can win with Josh Allen at quarterback. Like he has, he he has a tantalizing blend of athleticism and newfound accuracy. You, you know, he he obviously he works his ass off. That's clear because he improved. He went from, uh, you know, one of the worst passes in the league to one of the best in one in one off season. Like he clearly works his ass off. He clearly gives a fuck about his craft, and he's clearly very coachable. Right? There's a lot of good things about Josh Allen. See, look, ballots. You know, while, while shitting on the, the public perception about Josh Allen compared to other quarterbacks, I'm, I'm here throwing him his flowers. He deserves it. He was great. But I don't understand why we won't get the same, you, can you win with him, goofy-ass treatment that we've gotten with Lamar for the last year and a half. I mean, I know why, but, you know, rhetorical questions and such, right? Right. Well, ultimately, he had a great year, and he, I don't think he, I don't think he's going to go, I don't think he's going anywhere. But he has erratic games, and... The last two weeks, he chose to be, well, not chose to be, but he essentially was 2018 and 2019 Josh Allen at inopportune times. It didn't cost him against the, the Ravens because uh, Lamar Jackson was even fucking worse. 
but it cost them today. And I mean, granted, Josh Allen could have been great and they probably still lose because, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. But I, I just want some consistency. Like, I know I'm never going to get it, but I just want some consistency. And again, this is coming from somebody who I don't believe it's fair to draw any conclusions on a four-game sample about fucking anything, really. Four games ain't shit. Like, the NFL season in and of itself was a small enough sample, and four games is a tiny sample of that. Four games ain't shit. I'm not, I'm not pressed over four games, whether they're really good or they're really fucking bad. Like, four, four games doesn't mean a lot to me. But I just want consistency. That's it. As far as the Super Bowl goes, I know I'm betting against Tom Brady is a really hard, a really hard thing to do. I think the Chiefs are going to win, say 31-21, something along those lines. If the Chiefs secondary plays like it did today, it might be a long game for Tampa. It might be a long game because I don't, I don't see them really stopping the Chiefs like that. Even though Eric Fisher is out or looks to be out, so that's tough. But I see the Chiefs winning it all again. For the second time in three years, and you know, probably should be the the the, the third time in three years. Thanks a lot, D Ford. And on that note, that is all for me. Um, you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and I will see you when I see you. I'm a beast out here. I'm a beast. Hit me. Hit me. I'm telling you, gotta hit me. You gotta hit me! They gotta hit me! They gotta hit me!